A new movie just came out called Babylon. It's a drama comedy starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie that glamorizes the decadence, depravity, and outrageous excess that led to the rise and fall of several ambitious dreamers in 1920s Hollywood. It's fascinating to me that thousands of years later, the the reputation of the original Babylon still carries such meaning in today's pop culture. And there is a reason. It has become a universal symbol of ambition, autonomy, and power, all of which we will be discussing in this episode. But before we get to that discussion... I want to briefly take a step back and review this podcast since it launched this past August. And I want to review to remind you as the listeners of the progression of the episodes. They all build upon each other. The last two episodes, most recently episode 10, which dropped the week after Christmas and before New Year's, we discuss how to set goals while being mindful of God. If you haven't listened to that, it's still very relevant. And before that was episode 9. It was actually an overview of volume 1 of the Wisdom Calling devotional. But in the first eight episodes leading up to the most recent ones, we've been essentially camped out in the book of Genesis, the book of the beginning. Episode 1, I did an overview and kind of an intro of Wisdom Calling, the name, the brand, and what I'm trying to do, not only with this podcast, but the devotionals and the the platform as a whole. Episode 2, we looked at Genesis 1, the first and ultimate entrepreneur and God's creation of the cosmos. Episode 3, titled Created to Create, we looked at the implications of that in our work and our identity, and what God has created you and I to be and do. Episode 4, as gardeners and guardians, we continued this discussion looking at our role to be fruitful and to multiply and to be stewards of all the resources around us that God has given to us. And then in episode 5, when we looked at God resting from his creation, Episode 5, titled Rest, Hurry, and Hustle, which, by the way, was the most listened to episode of this past year, and most likely I'm going to be revisiting that into some more detail. But that was an introduction to Shabbat, this concept of rest that we're going to see come up again in later episodes. Episode 6 was a really depressing one when we were faced directly with an episode titled Paradise Loss. And we looked at the fall into sin with Adam and Eve and all the ramifications of that even to today. Episode 7, titled Work as Worship, we considered Cain and his brother Abel and their particular work, their their sacrifice of the fruit of the field and agriculture, but also in the fruit of livestock with animals and all those different dynamics there. And then in episode eight, work as renewal, we 
considered Noah and his family after the flood and God using specifically their work as gardeners and guardians at that time as a very tangible means of renewing the earth. So I think it's just helpful to go back and consider some of the progress. If you're just jumping in now, I would encourage you to go back. Most of the episodes are about 15 minutes in length, so they're pretty easy to listen on a commute to work or while you're on the exercise bike or taking a walk around the neighborhood. But I hope you'll give those a listen if you haven't. So today's episode, episode 11, titled Babel Inc. or Babel Incorporated, is based on Genesis 10 and 11. It picks up there with Noah and his family and a new civilization that began to spread through his family into what is now Africa and Asia, Europe, and the whole Mediterranean region. They were obeying God's renewed command to be fruitful and multiply Three generations later, we're introduced to Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod. And the text says in Genesis 10 that Nimrod was the first on earth to be a mighty man, a mighty hunter. These descriptions highlight the fact that Nimrod was a warrior and a champion. And he was a warrior and champion because he dominated the surrounding clans and lands. Nimrod utilized personal prowess and political power, which was actually counter to the creation mandate and antithetical to humans being vice-regents of God on earth. Two of the kingdoms he established, both Babel and Nineveh, would later become the headquarters of two empires, both the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire. These empires would go on to become direct enemies of the people of God. The text there in Genesis states that as the people who were connected to Nimrod migrated, they decided to stay in one location and develop a city together. No longer would they live their semi-nomadic lifestyles and continue to fill the earth. They actually became sedentary and began unifying themselves, using all of their collective skills and resources. Their efforts to build a city was more a quest to determine and establish their own destiny without Yahweh, the Lord. They harvested bitumen, which came from the ground. It was a petroleum-based substance, and they advanced in brick-making in an effort to construct a tower that would help them make a name for themselves, the text says, and to provide security so that they wouldn't be dispersed again. The tower, which, which was most likely an ancient ziggurat, became a symbol of this unity and progress. So by coming together in this way, they not only tried to preserve their identity, but they also tried to control their amassing fortunes. However, their enterprise was short-lived. The text goes on to highlight the fact that God intervened by intentionally mixing their languages, thus making it nearly impossible for them to continue to be unified. They could no longer communicate with each other. They were fragmented. So here's a few things to consider in light of 
Babel Incorporated in light of Nimrod and Genesis chapter 10 and 11. I want you to think about Nimrod again. He was a man who displayed an incredible amount of personal ambition and political power, but he did so at the expense of people. He provided a profile, a a model for so many individuals of influence that followed him and throughout history up into our present day. Why is it that people, that you and I are so often drawn to those who have and exercise the ability to dominate others? We see this in the political arena at all levels of government, from local issues to federal and even international ones. But this is also frequently seen in the business world and the competitive nature of so many of our industries and companies. Market share monopolies, mergers and acquisitions, board takeovers. These are all so often rooted in ambition, power, and dominance. You see, God's plan is for his created beings, especially his people, to be instruments that nurture and cultivate and empower So take a moment, think about your company, your organization, and your particular role. Are you a nurturer? Are you a cultivator? Are you one that empowers others? Or are you a power taker, a power grabber, someone who undermines others, someone who manipulates, someone that that seeks to use those around you to make you look great for your advantage? How do you respond when you don't get the credit you think you deserve? Yes, we need to work hard. We need to be ambitious. We need to use and develop skills. That's that's God's plan, and, and it actually brings him pleasure. But we need to do so without allowing power to be our God in the process. And secondly, I want us to think again about the city and this Tower of Babel, as well as the later development of Babylon, which have come to symbolize human ambition, autonomy, independence, and self-sufficiency apart from God. I've already mentioned in the, the intro this new movie that is out titled Babylon. You might be familiar with other pop culture references, such as David Gray's song Babylon, which alludes to an exiled relationship, or even Lady Gaga's 2020 song by the same name with lyrics like, we only have the weekend. You can serve it to me, ancient city style. We can party like it's BC with a pretty 16th century smile. I'm not familiar with that song and not really sure what the 16th century connection is with the ancient city style. Maybe some of you can enlighten me there. But it's a classic story, isn't it? Babylon, this imagery. And and Babylon, Inc. might not be an actual Fortune 500 company, but it is alive and thriving and essentially embodies the culture that we live in. Technological advances, social unity, ambition, confidence in our abilities— And a significant aspect of cultivating wisdom is seeing our life and work and culture 
from God's perspective. It's the discernment to see all of this and then the intentional strategy to resist this kind of self-sufficiency. The third, I want us to consider the fact that unity and peace are not always ultimate goods. We live in a society that has elevated unity by means of tolerance and acceptance at all costs. This is a false form of unity that seeks to resolve difference and division by demanding conformity. Much of the biblical truth that we have already read and discussed on these episodes and which are in the devotionals is viewed by many today as just archaic dogma that serves only as an impediment to a unified secular utopia. And this will undoubtedly increase in the months and years to come. So you and I need to resolve in our hearts right now. We need to resolve in our hearts and our minds once again to to know God's word, to believe it, to follow God's word over secular humanism. Secular humanism is seeking to exalt human autonomy and minimize the presence of God in every aspect of our society. This is a commitment to real unity, where we can actually hold diverse opinions and differences in tension. We don't all have to conform to this overwhelming God of tolerance and acceptance. This isn't a call for you and I to be rude or pugnacious, but rather to simply double down on our commitment to truth in an ever-increasing relativistic culture. So I thought it would be appropriate to actually close this episode with a prayer. And this prayer is actually found at the end of the devotional. So if you're driving You can listen along, but if you're in a position where you can just simply bow your head, why don't you listen and agree along with me in this prayer? Heavenly Father, you are abundant in mercy. Throughout history, people and organizations and nations have conspired to use their collective power and influence to make names for themselves, to have others worship and admire them. We are so often drawn to power and the ability, the identity, the security it can provide. So thank you for this reminder today that you have your ways of keeping us humble. We live in a culture that proactively exalts and rewards autonomy and ambition. So help me today to draw my sufficiency in and through you alone. Help me to work hard. Help me to be productive and fruitful in my work and help me to be ambitious in areas that will empower and encourage those around me in ways that will increase eternal investments. I need your grace once again. Amen. Well, I trust this episode has been a challenge to you to get you thinking and ultimately to help you cultivate even more biblical wisdom into your life and work. That's my mission with Wisdom Calling here with this podcast, with the blog, and 
with the daily devotionals. Hey, speaking of the devotional, Volume 1 was released back in November, and I've been so encouraged by the response and feedback. I'm actually writing Volume 2 right now, which is Devotionals 31 through 60. We'll provide another month's worth of content. If you still have not purchased a copy or a copy for another professional in your life, you can do so at the website or on Amazon. And if you're a pastor, organizational leader, a business owner, you simply want to get a group of other professionals together to work through these devotionals and have meaningful conversations, would you reach out to me directly? I'm offering bulk order discounts for orders over 12 books. And we'll even cover the shipping cost. How about that? I'm so grateful for a number of you who have already taken advantage of this. Thank you so much. If you have already received and purchased a copy of the book, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review there on Amazon? Believe it or not, by doing this, it actually goes a long way in terms of positioning the book to reach more readers. Well, that's all the time for now. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to interacting with you in person or on Instagram or LinkedIn. And you can always send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Grace and peace.